0: Chapter 5 The Pillar of Humility Early the next morning, I received a call from Ernie, and by 10 o'clock, I was standing on the construction site of a large building project. The wooden frame of the main building was covered with Amish workers. The sight of about 50 men hammering, hoisting, and drilling in unison was like watching orchestrated movement. Each man was contributing individually as the whole group worked in sequence. As soon as one man lifted the boards, two more adjusted the placement while a fourth moved in to secure the nails. I watched a few minutes until an older man approached me. Are you Nestor? He spoke with the same accent of Jonas, but he did not have a gray beard hanging from his shin. Yes, I'm here to see J.R. My name is Henry. J.R. is my son-in-law. He turned his head to one of the workers and spoke using strange words that did not sound like English. I could only recognize JR's name in the sentence. The Amish boy moved quickly into the building structure. Are you a supervisor on this project, I asked. Yes, um, we started building a year ago and hope to be finished here in a few months. My team really knows how to work. Well, I can see that. It's like watching an artistic performance. The Amish boy turned and spoke to Henry. Henry smiled and said something back, and I asked, what language are you speaking? Well, that's Pennsylvania Dutch. The Amish speak both English and German. They brought it over with them to America, but now it has evolved. He said that J.R. is in the back room. Hey, let's go. So Henry, J.R. is married to your daughter? Yes, and it's been a wonderful watching them grow together. After they got married, I began to have some doubts about him. He Kept experimenting with different churches and trying new age and meditation. It seemed like every week they were attending a new church. We walked through the frame structure and into a finished wing of the building. J.R. has a real love for music. I think he can play about 15 different musical instruments. Entering into the office area, Henry stopped to pick up some scattered nails and lumber pieces. We found J.R. in the back office alone reading a devotional book. Hey, J.R., Nestor is here to see you. J.R. put his book down and stood to shake my hand. Welcome, Nestor. It's really good to meet you. Henry, did you show him around the place? Well, just through this wing, J.R., it looks like we'll be ready for those electricians to come in by week's end. and Even with that setback, I'm, I'm sure we're going to get back to that crew. Well, good talking with you, Nestor. Let me show you around a bit. We're nearing the final phase of this building project, and it has really been amazing. Well, JR, is this going to be a retirement center? Yes, we're going to create an environment where elderly people can have their physical needs met. But even more important, we want to offer the spiritual guidance and assurance that we all need. The project was being completed in sections, so the overall complex revealed the process involved in finishing a new building. We were standing in the finished wing, complete with the final touches, furnishings of wallpaper and fixtures on the doors and windows, carpeting was down, but when we walked through the next section, these details faded as the essential structure revealed its skeleton. The white walls surrounding the bare wooden floors and the electrical sockets were blooming with wires. The most dramatic change occurred when we entered the last division of the project. It had just begun construction." It was an exact duplicate of Jr's wing, of the finished rooms, only it was stripped down to the bare frame and concrete foundation. Jr stood beside a large, solid beam. This is our foundation beam. About a week ago, Henry noticed that some of the measurements were off and the support beams were in need of adjustments. When we looked deeper into the problem, it was right here. The beam was off. We had to disassemble the whole frame and uproot this foundation in order to correct it. That meant starting from scratch because you can't correct a weak foundation by covering it with support pieces. Somewhere it will always give. Well, J.R., that sounds a lot like the concept of your pillars of success. You're right, Nestor. It does. The pillars have to be solid and upright if anything is to be built upon them because the whole weight rests so heavily on the support of those pillars. Well, JR, your partners have given me three pillars. Each one of them involves specific choices that they made in order to follow them. My desire is to see our business and nation be blessed by God. Well, Nestor, my pillar has a lot to do with how one is to handle the blessings of God. And like the others, it involves a dedication to making the right choices. J.R. handed me his pillar. The Pillar of Humility True humility and respect for the Lord leads a man to riches, honor, and long life. When a man is trying to please God, he makes even his worst enemies to be at peace with him. Since God is directing our steps... Why try to understand everything that happens along the way? J.R. held out his arm and leaned against the foundation beam. It's the principle of submission, Nestor. That's why these pillars mean so much. It's a slow process, but God is consistent in His ways. When we as a company made the decision in our boardroom to serve God, it was evident to all that God would bless our lives. I followed J.R. as he started to walk back through the finished offices. Well, what was your function at the company, I asked. Nestor, I handled collection. <laughs> uh, that was a little confusing. You established the pillar of humility, and you were the one that had to go collect the bills? That sounds like two conflicting roles. Well, not necessarily, Nestor. I believe that it's better to be poor and humble than proud and rich. Because the man who wants to do right will get a rich reward, but the man who wants to get rich quick will fail. Well, John, the only bill collectors I have ever known have been merciless. Yeah, I'd say that they're going about their job all wrong. Nestor, when our business was growing, we lived through three economic recessions. God blessed us tremendously in the midst of each one of them. We recognized that in order to be effective, we we're going to have to work with our customers. And my job was to build a relationship with our customers while maintaining the cash flow of the company. It was a little tricky at times, but I always viewed it as a ministry. JR, collecting money from people as a ministry? Uh, that's a little difficult to understand. JR patiently explained you bet it is when a person is hurting and can't pay their bills, they are vulnerable. That makes them very open for the touch of God in their lives. Let me tell you a story. In our town, we had a large account. The owner had a lot of ambition, but when the recession came, the company was really struggling to make ends meet. His account became past due. So I went over to meet with him before I could even say hello. He stopped me saying, JR, things are tight. There's no sense in you coming around. I'm doing the best I can. My stomach is in knots. The man opened his desk drawer, showing me a bunch of pills. He said, hey, J.R., please don't add to my pressure because these pills aren't helping as it is. J.R. raised his arms in the air as if to say he was surrendering, empty-handed. But then he continued. Nestor, a sense of compassion came over me and I shared with this man that I wasn't just there to collect money. First, I wanted him to know that he was a valuable customer and he was a client to our company. And then I mentioned that I know someone who could relieve those pressures. He asked for the doctor's name. So I told him about a man that taught me that the burden could be light. I explained that we were making more money through the recession than we had in the prosperous times, only because God is our supplier and is meeting our needs. Nestor, we prayed together that day, and a miracle took place. He and his wife began to have dreams at night. They learned how to hire people and how to make contacts with valuable customers. Not only did they make it through the recession, but that company has grown phenomenally. He now gives God the credit for doing the impossible. We are called to serve, and that is why humility is so important. It was easy to feel J.R.'s passion about serving and his commitment to functioning in humility. He spoke from his heart. I took out the monument that Bernie had given me and Jr. exchanged with me the pillar of humility. It's beginning to look a little more balanced now. This is the final pillar of choice, Nestor. I hope it serves you well. Well, I believe it will, J.R. I live in a country that is crying out for character ethic. We have certainly had enough talk about government, society, and changes, but I want to begin to function with a strong foundation. It's just like that foundational beam Nestor. Everything you build relies on the foundation to support it. If your old pillars are cracked or off-center, you need to replace them. It's not easy to restructure and begin again, but it's worth it. So which partner of yours should I call on next? Well, Nestor, Bernie has made arrangements for a flight to California. You're going to meet Ed and Dennis. They are living examples of the decisions we make at the crossroads in life. California? Uh, Yeah, it's only going to be for a few days, but will that work out for you, Nestor? Yes, I answered. J.R. put his arm around my shoulder saying, God, I lift this servant up to you. I know he is here on a mission. Allow him to understand the depth of these truths, the sacredness of the pillars. Give him traveling mercies on his way to California. And I pray this in your name. Amen. I gathered up my monument and embraced J.R. With the Amish workers still swarming over the wooden frame, I drove out of the construction site. I sat in a state of joy and overwhelming thanksgiving. My heart was aching because of the awesome amount of love i felt from god i so undeserving and small felt so safe in the embracing arms of my teacher my voice was lost somewhere in my throat and my lips could only quiver i offered my thanks to god through the blurring tears that filled my eyes that night i sat down to write in my journal Since God is directing my steps, why try to understand everything that happens along the way? What wisdom to behold. How much of our lives do we waste with statements like, what if, or I should have? True humility is recognizing it is God who directs our paths. We are to give Him the glory. Never once have I heard these men say, look what I have done. They always say, look what God has done through me. God is definitely on the throne of this man's life. And it is obvious that humility is an important part of true character. The fourth vow. I commit to be humble and resist the enemy of pride. Pride will creep in unexpectedly. I must stand as an example. Lord, help me to exercise the character trait of humility. Help me to make people feel important and loved. Help me to understand this truth. Humility is seen only when we compare ourselves to you. You are the creator of all things seen and unseen. You have given me each day so that I can show your unconditional love and concern for all. My eyes have been opened to see the beauty of nature. Let me submit to you And I ask you to guide me in every transaction, both business and personal. Take your chisel and carve your image into my life. I vow to be humble and to drive out pride, which is the enemy of humility. Help me to transform into your image. The pillar of humility. True humility and respect for the Lord leads a man to riches, honor, and long life. When you are trying to please God, God will make even your worst enemy to be at peace with you. So since God is directing your steps, why try to understand everything that happens along the way?